guys, what is up? My name is Tyler Pruitt, and I just wanted to welcome you to the Rise Kill Eat Podcast. And I wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. The Rise Kill Eat Podcast is a show for everyone that loves God, freedom, and the great outdoors. It is my goal of this show to share the ideas and the stories and the conversations of how we can continuously pursue the things that we love the most. And that, of course, is God, freedom, and the great outdoors. So on today's episode, I wanted to take some time and kind of reflect on this year's spring turkey hunting season for me. Now, many of you guys that have been listening to the show, or if you know me personally, you know that I live in Kentucky. So Kentucky season just wrapped up here recently. And by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be just over a week that it has uh, wrapped up. But many states are still going, and that's great for you guys. And some others have also finished up and they've also wrapped up just like mine has so but overall this year was a pretty good one but i don't want to give away too much just yet before i get into it i wanted to ask you guys if you would reach out to me on facebook on instagram on twitter if you search rise kill eat on facebook you should be able to find the page pretty easily and if for whatever reason you have trouble finding it you can type in the url which is facebook.com slash rke field so that's R-K-E as in Rice Kill Eat, a field, A-F-I-E-L-D. So that's facebook.com slash R-K-E, a field. On Instagram, you can find me at the handle at Rice Kill Eat. And then on Twitter, I like to get on Twitter and just kind of share some ideas that I have, just share a few thoughts that I have and, you know, some other updates and stuff going on with the show. But you can find me at the handle at R-K-E, a field. So connecting with me there because I love hearing from you guys. I love connecting with you guys that are listening to the show. And uh, it's just really cool to be able to to kind of you know, put some faces to to the people that are listening to the Rise Kill Eat podcast. So now the way I wanted to structure this episode was I wanted to kind of share some of my experiences and some of the things that I got to experience being in the woods this spring. And then I wanted to get into some of the specifics of some things that I either learned just by simply getting out and hunting this year or some things that I already kind of knew, but were further, the things were further validated just by some of the experiences that I had this spring. So the the story of this spring really kind of starts at the end of last spring. The format I've had the opportunity to, to hunt turkeys on for the past two seasons. It's a 400 acre cattle farm here in Kentucky, and it offers a whole lot of great opportunities for multiple styles of hunting. I really like to do a lot of the running gun style of hunting where you just walk around a lot and you call a lot and you're able to hopefully get on some gobbles that are responding back to your calling and then you just go get as close as you can get set up without spooking the birds and then just kind of play them from there so i like doing that kind of style of hunting and that you know having 400 acres to run around on it really offers some opportunities to be able to do that now it does burn a lot of calories and it wears you down pretty quick but it is pretty fun and that kind of thing. But depending on the weather, depending on, you know, whatever other circumstances are going on, if I have to or if I want to hunt where I'm just kind of kind of setting up and calling them in with a decoy, then I can do that too. And that this farm offers kind of kind of both styles of hunting for me. So I was able to get permission on this farm right before the start of the season last spring after hunting out there all of last season. I had a few opportunities at some turkeys that, in all honesty, I probably definitely should have had, but for whatever reason, I didn't bag them. On the opening morning of last year, last spring, I missed a bird on a fairly long shot, and with me being a 
still inexperienced turkey hunter and you know even to this day i'm definitely not you know i don't definitely don't have a huge amount of knowledge but definitely didn't have a whole lot back then and uh didn't use a heavy enough shell on this bird to put him down for good so what happened was he dropped at once i pulled the trigger he dropped to the ground and then you know maybe a second later he jumped back up and took off running so it was just enough to kind of knock him down and but not enough to really put a fatal lethal shot on him and after a couple hours of you know some painstaking tracking and searching you know looking for blood looking for feathers and that kind of thing i was never able to find them and you know that whole experience in itself was a was something i could probably do a whole another episode on but that whole experience in itself was pretty tough especially for you know the next few days because i had the thought in my mind that i had wounded a bird which of course is never ideal you never want to wound an animal without actually killing it you know whenever you're hunting and uh so I had that in the back of my mind. And then, of course, I had the, the issue of my, my confidence. You know, this was open today. I had a good farm. Everything was going great, you know, on the outside, at least, you know, starting out. And then I screwed up with a, with a bad shot. So my confidence was shot and, you know, it, things weren't going good, you know, right off the bat. Like I said, this was open in the morning. So, but anyway, after that, you know, throughout the rest of the season, this probably, that opening morning event probably had a little bit of, uh, effect on the rest of the season because I missed a lot of opportunities later on and simply I I either got too antsy or I wouldn't get close enough I didn't push the envelope far enough or whatever it may be and I just may have underestimated some of the the wariness of some of these birds but so to make a long story short of last season I was eating tag soup (laughs) and didn't bag a turkey despite being on a farm where turkeys are very much present and the time I had last spring really set up and played a huge part in how I hunted turkeys on the same farm this year. So now it wasn't all bad. Okay. Don't get me wrong in there. There was a lot of things that I was able to learn last year from walking away empty handed. And I think, like I said, that that really had a huge part in how I was able to hunt this year out there. So going on into the fall, I, I was I hunted a couple times out there with the bow with turkeys. Um, I'm not really, I'm not good enough for that yet. So those guys that do that, you guys are awesome, but I wasn't quite able to pull it off and I was hunting without a blind, which is always tricky. So I definitely did try that, but so I used it kind of as a scouting opportunity and going into this year, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to have permission on that same farm, but so I wanted to go kind of go around and, pick up some public property spots and public spots out here just in case I didn't have that farm to go back on. And, um, I was able to find some good public land spots and we have a ton of public land where I live here in Kentucky. And, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for that kind of thing. And, uh, so that was kind of my backup plan in case things didn't work out. And I was wanting, wanting to go to a few other farms around where I live and kind of get permissions prior to this past spring. But of course, we had the whole, you know, virus pandemic going on. So that really played a huge part in being able to gain permissions for this year. And I'm hoping that by the fall, whenever deer season's starting to roll around, that that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, pretty well died, died down and able to knock on doors again. But it, it played a huge part in being able to actually go up to somebody's house and knock on the door and, you know, ask them if I can go hunt some turkeys on their, on their land. So 
it really had to rely on you know, public land or some people that I had contacts, you know, in my phone or knew personally. So uh, the pandemic really affected being able to gain some permissions for this year. But nonetheless, I was able to get permission again on this farm. And that's where I spent all the season. So that's the only farm I hunted all year. And it pretty well worked out for me. So I just want to kind of go through each of my days that I hunted out there. So our season is about three weeks long or so. I think it's on a calendar. I think it's about 21, 22 days or something like that. So I ended up hunting, let's see, it was eight days that I ended up hunting of that amount. So about a third of it is uh, where I was actually in the field, spent uh, some time on each of these days in the field hunting these birds. So day one, you know, open day, you know, got all the excitement, feels like Christmas morning, but the night before I went out there and I was trying to, to roost a bird. So this was the first time I've ever done this. And it was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I was able to kind of see where they were hanging out right in the evening. I never actually saw one go up into the tree, but I had a pretty good idea of where they would be. So the next morning I went to that spot, kind of had my spot staked out and everything. And right at sunrise, it was, they were gobbling a lot on the roost and then, of course, it starts to slow down once they start flying down. So the night before was really windy. It was raining. Uh, so I don't know if this had something to do with where they actually ended, ended up roosting because many of the gobbles that I was hearing ended up being on the opposite side of the farm from where I thought they were going to be. So I used this as an opportunity. You know, I, I didn't. there wasn't a whole lot that happened for me opening day. I know a whole lot of people had a lot of success a lot of success on that day but for me personally wasn't a whole lot for me and uh so i just kind of used it as an opportunity to to do some additional scouting and then second morning second morning uh i had a real close encounter during the mid-morning i was on the same same side that i hunted the day before um snuck up on some a group of toms that had and i had two in range is about that is that morning i had two in range but the way i was positioned there was a small bush kind of at my, I guess it would be kind of at my, the 10 o'clock position of where I was sitting. And they were at about the nine o'clock position. So they were off to my left and I couldn't get my gun swung around. So again, this is day two. Couldn't get my gun swung around without them, of course, them seeing me and me knocking into this bush and all kinds of bad news. So I had these two toms that were sitting there gobbling, strutting like crazy on my left side and, you know, probably. 25 yards from me but so sat there waited patiently trying to get them try i kept calling with the diaphragm call to try to get them to come over and hang out with me and give me a shot but they ended up slipping straight down the hill and never really gave me an opportunity to to shoot at them and i tried to you know swing around loop around on them and get out in front of them but it just didn't quite work out um so that was day two. Day three, uh, I promised my my little boy, I have a six-year-old little boy, I uh, promised him that I would take him out on at least one hunt. And this morning, it was pretty cold. It was a little chilly that morning. We got in there a little bit later, and, you know, his little legs weren't able to kind of move as fast as, as we were hoping. So, which is a lot of it's probably my fault, too, because we should have gotten up a little bit earlier and that kind of thing. But nonetheless, we bumped at least one bird off the roost, you know, real early. 
which is never ideal because those suckers can they can fly forever it seems like especially when you bump them so we bumped a bird off the roost and but fortunately we did have a tom that was gobbling about i mean he was probably 50 yards from us at about our i guess he'd be about our eight o'clock position so we waited hoping that he would fly down into our setup because we had a decoy set out and but he didn't he flew down the other direction and we kind of our hunt kind of ended early because he got a little cold so he got a little cold so we ended up leaving i don't know it's probably about 8 8 30 that morning wasn't able to quite make anything happen uh day four so these aren't necessarily consecutive days this is just the fourth day that i hunted so the fourth day i went out i hunted the evening got on a group of toms on the neighbor's property and followed them all the way down the fence line you know it was man it felt like it was forever but i got i got onto them i actually heard them from the opposite side of the farm got within pretty close to them and trying to call them over trying to get them to come across the fence line trying to get them to come across the the neighbor's fence that he had set up there and as i go through these stories you'll actually notice that this is something that happened quite a bit but never was able to quite get them all on the other side of the fence line and um i was trying to do this without spooking them so i was hiding in bushes and all kinds of stuff and um eventually they ended up wandering off and never came over to the side of my fence so the next morning day five it was actually pretty slow pretty quiet that morning i watched a tom fly down on the other side of the fence where the property boundary is so i decided to hunt on the other side of the farm so that I could come back and try to catch him in the mid-morning because after doing some calling with him as he was coming down, he was stuck on a hen that was on that, on the, I could actually see her on the opposite ridge of where I was set up. So, so I decided to hunt on the other side of the farm. Not a whole lot was happening there. That way I could come back and try to get him mid-morning whenever the hen leaves him and try to get him in the mid-morning. So after hunting on the other side of the farm, uh, listened for some gobbles and didn't have a whole lot going on. So at about nine o'clock or so, I head back over to the other side of the farm and get to the small wood lot that was along this cattle fence and start doing some calling. After about 10 minutes, you know, calling every 50 yards or so, walking real slow, I get a response back. And so, and it, it sounded like it was pretty close. This initial one was pretty close. So I get a response back, find a bush and just kind of hang out there. I wait for about 10 minutes doing a little bit more calling and got the gobbles kept getting closer, closer. And eventually I get to, it gets to the point to where one of the gobbles is close enough that it almost feels like it, it vibrates your chest. Like you can hear the changes that the vocal tone, that the tone in his gobble, and you know, that's when it's close. Like that's when that's that, that experience is why we hunt turkeys in the spring. And it's so, it's so cool to be able to hear these birds whenever they make that sound. So once I hear this gobble, I know he is committed. He's coming in and probably 15 seconds later, I see his head bobbing through the weeds and he comes within range. Now and I, I pulled the trigger. Whenever I pulled that trigger, now remember that last spring, I didn't get a, get a bird at all. Like I, I was completely blanked. So whenever I pull that trigger and I look up from my gun and I see him flopping on the ground, my almost two year streak at this point of not getting a bird was finally over. And 
you know, it was one of those moments where I'm doing like fist pumps and stuff. I'm out in the woods by myself. There ain't nobody within, I mean, miles of where I am out there doing fist pumps by myself because I'm so excited to be able to actually, you know, have this opportunity to be able to, to actually take a bird home. So I go over to him, uh, finish him off and throw him over my shoulder and begin the, ended up being a 1.2 mile walk back to my car feeling so relieved and so happy that, you know, it all kind of came together. So after that, you know, of course, take them home, do everything with that. Ended up making some, some fried turkey breast and biscuits, which was amazing. And it makes it, makes it taste even better too, whenever, you know, everything kind of comes together like that. But as far as hunting goes, took about, uh, about five or six days off just to kind of, cause it, I think there was a, a quite a few guys that were out on this farm hunting. So I feel like it was getting pressured a little bit. Um, so I just kind of took some time off and day six, the sixth day I hunted, hunted in the evening again, got on another group of toms, but it was a pretty warm day. So there was some, I was walking through the woods and there ended up being a old barbed wire fence and some thick brush that I think kind of prevent, prevented them from coming into my calling. And they ended up working up the ridge and I wasn't able to get up the ridge without actually spooking them. And by the time I could get up there without spooking them, they were already, already gone at that point. So I wasn't able to make it happen on that sixth day. So the next day, next morning, I get in there super early at this point, the sun's coming up at like, like that's coming up over the horizon at like six 30, you know, that twilight is right around five 45. So I get in there, I'm set up out by like five 20. So I get in there real early, close to where I think they like to roost. Um, this was kind of a, a weird morning because I could hear a lot of gobbles, and but they were all like super far away. Like there was at the point to where like some of them, I wasn't even sure if they were actually gobbles or like dogs barking there or so far away, which was kind of uncharacteristic of this, this farm because usually you're hearing something. So I sit there, you know, try to wait it out, hoping that, you know, some will kind of come in. And at that point, it's probably about, I don't know, 7.30 or so. I see three toms and a hen walk across the field right at about 7.30. So they're coming across the field, and I, like I said, I didn't hear any gobbles, no yelps, nothing. The only reason I was able to actually know that they were there is because I saw them. So they come across this field. Um, I'm calling to them, but they're at about 200 yards away from me, and... They had no interest in my setup, had no interest in my calling. And uh, once they cleared the area and I could move again without without spooking them, I tried to track them down, tried to get around them, tried to loop around them with some calling and some moving in out in front of them, but was never really able to get quite caught up with them. But in fact, this, and this ended whenever I was crossing an open area that I thought would be safe to cross without them seeing me because I thought they were kind of over this rise. So I tried to cross the field. And of course, I see a hen, the hen that I, I'm guessing was with them, use her periscopic head and uh, picked up over the ridge. And at that point, of course, whenever they, they see you and they think you're a threat, they're out of there. You're not going to see them again. So, of course, from there, I spooked the, spooked the birds and I'm assuming the toms went with her because I never saw them either. Um, but later on, I got on a couple more toms from a distance and couldn't quite get around on them. So this, this farm, it's got a lot of like long fields that, I mean, some of them can be, if you stand at certain points, they could be three, 400, 500 yards long. So, I mean, it's got some massive open spaces and, um, these birds are of course, very weary 
of things that they that they think are threats. So I had that working against me. So I, I tried to wait patiently and watch them for about an hour trying to call them in. Uh, I was able to get one of the toms to kind of somewhat break away from the hand that I'm guessing was with them. Came within probably about a hundred yards, but and then he ended up slipping down into the to the woods and never saw him again. So. That was the seventh day, and then, like I said, I hunted eight of the, I guess it'd be 22 days of the Kentucky season, so on the last day, I had something very similar happen on the last day of the season. I was working hard on a nice tom. This was about, I don't know, 1030 in the morning, and I was working hard on a tom. I was I was walking through the woods, you know, doing a little bit of calling, doing a little bit of running gun, and I get a gobble probably about 150 yards away from me in the woods down in this valley where I am. So I'm working hard on this guy, and it ended up being a two-hour ordeal. So I got in a position at the top of a ridge because, again, there was another barbed wire fence in between us. So I tried to meet him at the ridge where I thought he was going to come up. So I got in a position where I was hoping he would step out, and, of course, he steps out about 20 yards away on the other side of where I wanted them to be. So at this point, he's about 70 yards away from me. So I attempt to reposition myself and try to get a, posi- a, a shot at him, try to get him to come a little bit closer with some, with some calling. And he starts strutting. He starts doing his thing. And then right about that time, right about the time he turns towards me, of course, this is how it always goes. Right about the time he turns towards me, there is I hear a gobble, another Tom goblin on the opposite side of the field. So at that point, the Tom that I've been working on working so hard on to bring in for the past two hours. He immediately breaks his strut and he starts walking towards that Tom trying to figure out what he's got going on over there and just leaves me behind sitting there on the, on the edge of this field. And uh, like I said, this was a two hour ordeal after everything was all said and done ended up being almost three hours by the time I got up to the top of the ridge and watched him strut over to me. And uh, he was about, like I said, about 60 to 70 yards. So for me, with my equipment that I had, that is a shot that I'm not going to take. So I was wanting them to come in at least at about 40. But, of course, that didn't happen because he wanted to go check out what the other Tom was doing. So, again, that was about three hours. And that is how my 2020 spring hunting season ended for me here in Kentucky. But overall, you know, it was a good season. I was able to bag at least one bird. We have a, a two bird limit here in Kentucky. So I was able to bag at least one bird, one of those two. And there was definitely some lessons that I learned and definitely some lessons that uh, were certainly reinforced for me this year. So I wanted to kind of transition over into that to, to that point. So the, the lessons that I really learned, I, I got five of them listed out here. And um, I'm just going to kind of kind of mention them and just kind of break them down a little bit. The first thing, you know, I kind of noticed this pretty early on. I guess it'd be about halfway through the season. This was something that kind of just clicked in my head. It was like whenever we're hunting toms in the spring, you know, we should hunt like a hen. Okay, so of course the, the spring turkey season, we are replicating the reproduction process. Like this is a breeding time for them. So we are in the position of basically acting like a hen. That's why we have all these calls and we are trying to uh, convince these toms that we are a hen that is ready to breed, ready to come in, ready to, uh, for them to come in and, you know, do what they do. So whenever we do that, if we are acting like a hen, 
as far as our calling goes and everything, then we should be able to hunt like a hen. This is especially true for you guys that like to do the running gun style of hunting. So whenever you're out calling, respond to the calls just like uh, you hope that a tom would respond to you. So if you're out doing some calling, you send out some yelps, you get a gobble back. You know, if you're able to, you know, this of course is dependent upon a lot of scenarios and a lot of factors. But if you're able to get with it, start working towards that tom, you know, very slowly, very cautiously, just like a hen would do start working towards that tom and you know always make sure that whenever you are calling that you have some some cover around you that way if you do get a gobble that's really close you can go ahead and set up right there so that was one thing that uh really kind of dawned on me you know this year was to, the idea of hunting like a hen so you want to to call in these toms but hunting like a hen uh, another thing that which of course for a lot of you turkey guys this is probably something that you're like duh yeah of course it is but for me i noticed how great that the mid mornings really can be at catching some wandering toms like usually you know the sunrise which of course is great because you get all kinds of gobbles and they're gobbling on the roost or whatever and they're flying down they're really responsive to, call, to calls and stuff but sunrise right at fly down is always good but the mid-morning you know around that 9 9 30 10 o'clock 10 30 time it can be really good as well because uh after doing a little bit of research right around mid-morning the hens will sometimes a lot of times they will leave the toms that they're with to go tend to their nest or they to go lay an egg or whatever it is that they need to do and of course that's going to leave the toms sitting there figuring out where all the all the girls went so if you start calling around that time start walking around around that time and a lot of times you can find those those toms that are out you know wandering looking for hens that have left them i think it may have been what happened with my bird that i shot this year because it was right at around 9 30 or so when i shot him because i was out walking around doing some calling uh he responded immediately right back to me and came in within about 15 20 minutes later and it was all done from there. So those mid-mornings can be really great times to catch some wandering toms. Now this third lesson, this is one that definitely wasn't learned this year, but it was certainly reinforced, um, especially with that event on the last day. And this third part is turkey hunting can be extremely frustrating. And anybody that has hunted any amount of time, for turkeys especially, you know how frustrating it can be because, you know, Sometimes it goes perfect. Everything goes well. You get them to come in right off the roost. You know, you're walking out of there by 7 o'clock. Sometimes it goes perfect. Sometimes you hunt all season and it just never works out. You get so, you know, so many factors that are out of, out of your control uh, or they don't respond the way you want them to or, you know, weather is playing against you or whatever it may be. But turkey hunting can, of course, be extremely frustrating. I feel like, I feel like those times where it is frustrating is the reason why we like doing it so much because whenever it all does come together you know it, it makes that moment you know so much greater if we're if we're only experiencing good stuff then i mean it you kind of take those things for granted eventually so all that frustration all that stuff kind of builds up to the point to where by the time it does come together then you're ready to rock and it, it just makes it makes it so much better so number four the spring season is an incredible time of year. Uh, you know, whenever we think about hunting, of course, we think about the fall because we think, you know, at least most people do, 
uh, not everybody, but most people kind of associate the fall season, you know, the September to December time as kind of the, the hunting season, because that's when a lot of our hunting, you know, takes place. You, you start with elk, uh, even doves who may do some fall turkey hunting, of course, deer, um, whatever it may be, you know, a lot of the hunting seasons, it takes place in the fall. But the spring season, it's kind of, you're kind of seeing the same things that you see in the fall, but in reverse. So what I mean by that is that, you know, whenever the season starts out, you know, things are still pretty, pretty bare. Um, There's still not a whole lot of vegetation growing. But as you continue to hunt throughout the spring, you're literally able to watch the world, watch the, the God's creation really flourish. It starts to open up. It starts to grow. And you're able to see these things occurring you know, throughout the evolution of the season. It's really cool to sit there and, you know, whenever we turkey hunt, we it's so easy to get caught up in the frustration of, you know, these birds that are gobbling that aren't coming in and you get, you're wore out, you're tired, you're losing sleep because you're getting up at 4 a.m. You've got all this, these negative things going on. But at the same time, I think it's a pretty incredible experience because we get a chance to, to, to play a part in the, regrowth and the rebirth of the earth whenever we are out there hunting in the spring and it's not something that we get to experience in the fall we're seeing everything die in the fall getting all the vegetation and that kind of thing because it's getting colder but here is the complete opposite we get to see the world wake up and we get to see everything that had died throughout the the winter time coming back to life and it's a pretty cool experience and uh i think having that mentality on spring hunting and on the spring season can really kind of help dampen those frustrations that we experience throughout the the turkey hunting season. The fifth thing, this was definitely something that was reinforced for me this year, was my uh, love hate relationship with turkey hunting. And a lot of that, you know, kind of it kind of wraps everything up, especially those last two points with the frustrations and being able to see the world wake up. Is that turkey hunting is one of my favorite styles of hunting and one of my favorite things to hunt because you know you're you're out there speaking their language you're out there uh pursuing them and you know they taste really really good (laughs) but at the same time it can be extremely frustrating you can work your butt off and not be able to to get it done and then you get home you check facebook and you see you know everybody and their five-year-old kid has gotten a turkey today and you know you're sitting there wondering where the heck they are so i mean it's it's one of those things that is, it's definitely a love-hate relationship. At least it is for me. You know, maybe not for everybody, but at least it is for me. Because you get so much of the good. There's so much of the extreme on the good side. You get real. You really get both ends of the spectrum. There's so much of the good on the good side. And then, of course, there's so much of the frustration and stuff. But like I said before, a lot of that frustration and a lot of that stuff that occurs, it really makes up for, it's really made up for by the good stuff that happens. We can only appreciate the good stuff and it kind of amplifies the good stuff when it does happen because of those frustrations. So those were kind of the the five points of the first one. Again, just kind of review is to hunt like a hen. This is going to be something that I'm going to try to adopt, try to adapt to as far as my spring hunting season goes uh, in the future try to hunt like a hen uh i'm gonna take advantage number two of those mid mornings because those are great times to catch some wandering toms um number three you know turkey hunting can be very frustrating but that can also be uh beneficial for us whenever things do come together number four the spring season is an incredible time of year we get to see the world wake up and number five my relationship my love-hate relationship with turkey hunting is something that is still very much 
prevalent, very much present, and probably will be for a very long time as far as long as I am turkey hunting. But thank you guys for listening to this episode and this this kind of the review and the recap of my turkey season. Uh, it was re- very fun. You know, I was able to 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 bag the one, and we ate good on that for for a few meals, and um, it was definitely really fun. I look forward already to next spring season, but. I want to ask that you guys connect with me on social media accounts, um, on Instagram, that's at RiceKillEat, Facebook, facebook.com slash RKEAfield, and then on Twitter, you can find me at the handle at RKEAfield. Also, I want to ask that you go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the Rise Kill Eat podcast. That way you don't miss out on any of the future episodes of the show. Had some pretty incredible guests on here with some pretty incredible conversations and I'm going to try, certainly always try to keep that going. And the more subscribers we have, of course, the uh, the more ears this is getting into. So go ahead and click that subscribe button on the podcast platform that you are listening on. And one last thing, I want to ask you guys that if you enjoy the Rise Get Late podcast, if you enjoy listening to the show, then go ahead and leave a positive rating and review on the platform that you listen on. I think the last time I checked the demographics, last time I checked the uh, statistics, I think about 80% of you guys or so are listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, which is perfect because they have a a really easy, user-friendly way of uh, typing in reviews and ratings for shows. So just go ahead and leave a rating and a review for the show. And because this is just a, a good, easy, organic way of growing the audience of the show and being able to help promote the show by by of course leaving those ratings and reviews so go ahead and do that and it would be greatly appreciated so this wraps up this episode of the rice Elite podcast thank you guys so much for listening today i appreciate all that you guys do as far as interacting with me on social media listening to the show each and every week and i'm going to try to continue keep bringing quality episodes for you guys to enjoy Thank you guys. My name is Tyler Pruitt, and I'll catch you guys next week.